0: It's National Week. How are we doing? You ready? You heading up to AC? You getting ready to throw some dice, play some blackjack, hang out with some pals, late nights, trading cards, making deals, negotiating, finding those gems, doing everything in your power to leave the National with some cash in your hand and the cards that you want. Is that what you're thinking about this week? That sounds like a whole lot of fun, and our hobby will be on full force this week in Atlantic City. I'm excited for you. If you're heading out there and you're making Stacking Slabs podcast part of the experience, I do appreciate it. This one is dropping right when things are kicking off. There'll be a Friday conversation as always. This is what I do. Unfortunately... I can't make it this year. I wish I could be there. I've talked to a lot of people about this. You know, it gets tough sometimes. And I want to, there are moments where I want to kind of take a step back and rewind the tape about 10, 15 years where there was less responsibilities, less priorities, and I could just do whatever I want. But you grow older and life evolves, and time gets sucked up for really good reasons and really good things. So unfortunately, while I cannot be there in AC this week, I am here in spirit, and I'm excited to follow along with all of your journeys, and I hope you have a successful national week. Hopefully, you enjoyed last week's episode. If you have not already go back, especially if you're heading out to the National, Justin 610 Sports Cards, I thought did a really nice job of giving you some inside information and mentality from the dealer perspective. I think it's really, really important to understand the goals of a dealer when you're at a show, especially at the caliber of the National. So hopefully, if you haven't, go listen to that. But if you did listen to that episode, hopefully it gave you some confidence and some nuggets going into the show. Also, I'll shout my man, Kevin Randall, the Captain37, who is a regular on the show and a friend of mine. Um, He will be setting up at the National. But I also think he did a really nice job of uh, going through talking about the inventory he was going to bring on Instagram this past week, talking about do's and don'ts, and just delivering some really good content through his Instagram page. I think the more that we in the hobby can share information from our experiences and put our face out there, put our voice out there, uh, make those connections, it only leads to better things. So definitely if you're heading out there, stop by 610 Sports Cards booth, stop by the Captain 37's booth, make sure you tell them Brett from the Stacking Slabs podcast sent you. And although I'm not going to be there, I'll just give kind of three nuggets and three pieces of advice that I learned from going to a monster show like the National, I think. The first one is as cliche as cliche gets, but it's okay, it works here. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I think first and foremost, what I would recommend is just make sure you take care of yourself. You're going to get so caught up in seeing amazing cards, talking with so many people, going and going and going and going. Just make sure you take care of yourself. That means drink water, hydrate. That means eat food. That means giving yourself a breather when you need it. You're going to be on your feet for a long time. so Just make sure you're looking out for yourself. Next. Make an effort right now, especially if you are still at home and you're heading out, make an effort right now to schedule time to meet up with individuals that you interact with every day. You know, you you go into it, and I this has been me at shows, you go into it and you're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll run into each other. Chances are you won't, especially at a show like The National. It's a monstrosity. So... I think the best value and honestly the thing that I'm that hurts me the most about not going isn't the cards but it's just the opportunity to get that connection with individuals that I interact with every day on Instagram or through other channels. So, schedule those times, meet those people, block it off. And it can be a quick meetup to say what's up, take a photo, throw it on your Instagram, do all those things. But it could be like, hey, like, what are you doing this afternoon? Let's just walk the show together, go and get dinner, going to set up meetups in the end. I just think the more time you can spend with other individuals this week, the better experience you're going to get. When I think about the National from last year, I definitely think most mostly about those experiences with other individuals. Um, Finally, I think one of the questions that you're going to see so many cards you think are cool, and I think the more that you can take a step back and focus in, and especially focus in on your specific PC and filling that out first and foremost, those lanes, those areas of focus that you have, and because there's going to be shiny objects everywhere. Shiny objects are going to be everywhere, and you're going to say, you know what? This looks cool. It's 150 bucks, 200 bucks, no big deal. And then you're going to 10 minutes later, Oh, this looks cool. It's $125. Then, you know, an hour later, Oh, this looks cool. It's like $300. Then all of a sudden, like you start, you know, accumulating all these cards, which are, which are cool to you at the time, but might not necessarily align with the cards you wanted going into it. And you're doing some damage on your pocketbook. So I think I would make sure you're focused and you can stay in your lanes, stay in your lane as much as possible, but also asking yourself the question when you're looking at the card and you're get, trying to decide, do I buy or do I walk away? Is just saying like, will I regret not grabbing this. I think things... M- Change and there were cards last year that were gone by the time I came back. And I just think that's a a good measuring stick, just asking yourself the question. And I know I said three, but I'll just throw one more out there. Just have a damn blast. I'm really excited for all of you. I am. It is so much fun. So if you do one thing, and that is if you're a listener, you're on Instagram, take photos, document your experience, because there's going to be a lot of people like me who can't make it this year. And we'll be living vicariously through you on our phones. Today, I'm going to be talking about the idea of sharing your passions and how the more you share your passion, the closer you get to the cards you need. I'm going to tell some stories about things that happened to me over the last week, couple weeks, actually. I've had just an insane stretch, just, and it was you know, you spend all this time hunting and going through the platforms, using the tools, all these things, and you don't land and you don't find the cards you want, then all of a sudden something pops up. And so there are three certain three instances over this past past couple of weeks where cards popped up that were very, very, very high on my list, and actually a card I didn't even know exist, but when I saw it, it was love at first sight. Three instances that happened that would never, I would never have gotten these cards if I didn't share my passion of the hobby and who I collect every day. So I'm going to get into that. Football season, training camp, all the things are here. I have a void. Like I am recording this on Sunday and I was on a run this morning and it was hot as shit in Indianapolis, so humid, it was miserable. I was like out by Lucas Oil when I was running, getting excited for the season, but then I was like, "God, why am I out here right now?" But then I just started to think about my day, and it was like all these chores and things that I have planned. And I don't know what happens, but when the NFL season starts, like I'm so like busy doing all these, you know, grown-up things on Sunday. for some reason, I don't know if they don't get done or they get pushed, but, man, Sundays with football, there ain't nothing better. And I just think it's coming up. We're going to training camps. are getting kicked off. I've been talking with my brother about hitting Colts camp, and there's a plug there. I uh, often do this a couple times a year. My brother at McGrath's Cards will be on the podcast on Friday. We are just going to be chopping it up, talking about collecting what we're doing, what's interesting uh, what's interesting to us right now. So I'm excited to bring Kyle back on the program we were talking this week, setting a date, getting out to Colts camp. I just like doing that. I'm I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that. I want to see the squad practice. I do. I, especially we got Matt Ryan, new quarterback, a lot of new things, pieces. So I'm excited about this. I think I've been looking at the NFL slate, and I'm an, I would say I'm at the top 1% of content consumers when it comes to NFL coverage. Listen to about five, six podcasts. I read a lot of information. A lot of articles, a lot of news, a lot of data-driven stuff. I'm I'm a nerd, obsessed. It's just what I love. I love the NFL. So I've been thinking a lot, and I've been consuming a ton of coverage. And just some things that I'm thinking about Like right now um, is there's been so much hype that has been directed towards certain teams like Miami, like Denver, like the Chargers. And for me, three non-playoff teams from last year, but have gotten so much coverage based on some moves that they've made, which I think and undeniably have made their teams better, but it doesn't really matter until you step on the field. So one thing I'm focused on, and maybe I'm just tired of hearing about these teams and how great they are and how they're going to go to the playoffs and all this stuff. I'm kind of a like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see. And by no means, I mean, no disrespect if you're Dolphins, Broncos or Chargers fans, Charger fan you did you should be super excited going into the season I'm just interested to see if that converts to W's in the column I think there's always injuries going into training camp and I think there's still players out there who you know are they're hanging out there and they've been highlighted in kind of mainstream media like uh Jimmy Garoppolo you know is an injury gonna happen is he gonna go plug in somewhere I think there's guys that near and dear to my heart like T.Y. Hilton guy like Julio Jones, and it's just like, uh, are we waiting just to see what happens in training camp to see if a team picks up one of these guys? I'm always curious about that. The end of the road for some amazing NFL players, like a Julio Jones, like a T.Y. Hilton, oftentimes isn't as glamorous and as memorable as Peyton Manning walking off the field a Super Bowl champ in his last game. Sometimes these players fade off into the mist and I don't know if there's a better solution for it, but um, I'm always curious at this point to see if it's the end of the road or they're going to hop on another team. And I think finally, hobby-related, we know you all are into the quarterback game, especially into the young quarterback game and the potential. Oh, and I'd be remissed while we're talking about young quarterbacks' potential, Kyler Murray and that contract. Mamma mia, this is the state we are in football. These players are getting paid mad money. I don't know what else the Cardinals would have done at this point, but we're beginning to see the individual, the most important player in the game, have leverage over everything else. So the power is being shifted a little bit. So I think for me, what this does is just makes me think about Lamar Jackson and what's going to happen. Is he going to continue to get franchised? Is he going to leave Baltimore? Is Baltimore going to back up the Brinks truck? I don't know, but I'm curious. That's the storyline on the other side of Kyler. But I think for me too, it's what quarterbacks are going to, that are young, that are consuming our hobby right now. Who's actually going to take that next step? You know, is it, could it be Mac Jones? You, You know, everyone's talking about Mac Jones, but you know, maybe he doesn't necessarily have the weapons right now, but he's got the coach and the infrastructure. And I think the infrastructure is the most important thing. Um, you got Jalen Hurts, right? Ever I've, I've seen more Jalen Hurts cards posted, you know, over the last couple months than I would have ever dreamt, dreamt about. But they've been they bolstered his staff, and so can he win games? I don't know, but that's what what we're gonna see. And I'm just freaking excited that the NFL is back here shortly. How about this news with Vince McMahon retire? I had a little heat on him. Said, you know what? I'm putting up the deuces. 77 time for me to retire. It's not something I ever expected. I think the narrative around Vince was he was going to work until, you know, he was dead. I think <laughs> he is uh, obsessed and I think there'll be some information and in stories that will fall out on the other side on reasons uh the heat he's got with these the Wall Street Journal article. But I think at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is the Walt Disney of professional wrestling. The The funniest descriptor I ever heard of Vince McMahon was some, when someone called him a top shelf carny. thought that was pretty good. Um, but he has done a lot to put professional wrestling or sports entertainment in the limelight. So Vince, in your retirement, we'll see. I'll, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. But um, crazy, I, I did not expect that news to drop this week, and I don't think anything uh, anyone else did either. One of the things that I have been, you know, thinking a lot about is in the this period where there's pullback, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, PWCC uh, premiere auctions and some of the kind of cards getting chopped in half and all that stuff, and yeah, significant pullback. Right now, and I don't. It's not like I don't think it's the hobby. Is the sky is falling and the hobby is dying. It's it's just like the people who bought these cards originally paid way too much money for them, and now are trying to get out of them too soon, and that's a problem. But I think on the other side of that, you see sales happen in the hobby where you're just like, huh, like not a lot of people are going to be talking about this one, but I think this, you see things happen like this. And it, it, it it leads you to think, you know what, like the hobby's just fine and it is collector driven. And one of those sales that I thought I just wanted to comment on just because it hit a lot of different things for me was the 2019, I think this was an eBay Ben smash. It was 2019 Vince Carter, one of one timeless moments autograph out of 99. It sold this week for, or last week for $2,300. It had sold in September of 2021 for $1,500. So you had, an, you, know, you had an $800 increase on this card in less than a year time frame. Now, this, these are the stories that like, the hobby mainstream isn't going to like grab and just say, oh my God, check out this card. It grew $800 in a year. Like, it's not as parabolic enough for the mainstream outlets to grab that and go. But I see something like that and I say, damn. If I bought that card for $1,500 in a year and it went up, that would make me feel good. And then I start to dig into the elements. And you think about this, okay? Vince Carter's retired, um, but Vince Carter transmits a ton of nostalgia throughout people who collect in and demogra- in, in, are of a similar demographic of myself. You look at that card and it has eye appeal. Um, you look at that moment and it was significant. Now, I think anybody listening can remember where you were when Vince Carter put on that freak show of a slam dunk performance. I remember exactly where I was, and I remember looking at what was happening, and it was unlike anything I had ever seen before. I'm getting chills right now thinking about those dunks because they were all dunks we had never seen before and the execution on those dunks was flawless. Vince Carter was a rising star at the time and then he get, takes the floor and has the stage all-star Saturday night and everyone sees this happen and it puts on the greatest slam dunk performance of all time. And then we all know how Vince Carter's career um, ends up progressing um, just a hell of a run, hell of a run. but. I think about the rarity, right? There's 99 copies of that card. So you combine all of these things together, and it's like, I'm sitting here. I don't really even collect basketball. And I'm like, damn, like that's a card I want. So I think it's a reminder to all of us that it's not always about the cards that everyone's shoving down your face, but it's about digging back into those moments that really matter and what are significant to you. And I think that's why a card like that 2019. Um, one-on-one, timeless moments, auto of Vince Carter has gained some traction over the last year. That's what I think. I don't know what you think, but I think the more we can focus in on collecting cards that are significant to us and aren't just the cards that we think are going to the moon, the better off we will be and the happier we will be in the hobby. I'm just just mowing down some topics here. 'Cause there's stuff that are on my mind, but I love talking about communication. And I will be the first to admit I'm probably ultra sensitive to it. It is something I'm do do professionally as part of my work. And I think this time around, in this hobby season, the business owners, operators will be more front and center than ever before. I think it's launch season. Businesses, hobby businesses are launching, they're announcing, and they're doing all of the things to generate buzz and attention to themselves. I always kind of find it a little funny. It's like there's all these announcements at the national, but everyone's announcing in the sea of announcements. It's like that's to me, that's not how you announce stuff. It's like you're just going to get stuff buried. I think there's always an opportunity to turn left when everyone's going right. So I could probably have a whole podcast episode on that and how more hobby businesses should go to market in specific ways and that would be me getting really nerdy but i know probably not a lot of you are interested in that but i think i i don't want to call any company out or any per person out because i think i just my observation is we my observation is we can we can do a little better i think understanding that your audience the demographic of person that your product and service is for. I think so often the communication goes high and wide where you try to grab everyone just because they are in the hobby. But the hobby is so vast and it has so many segments. You really need to focus in on who the person is you're trying to reach and be highly specific when you're talking to those people. I hope you feel that. And that's why you keep coming into the Stacking Slabs podcast that it feels like I'm communicating to you and the specific type of collector you are. It's by design. That's why I do it. And I just, I think that no one in the hobby, especially in the hobby, needs buzzwords, needs the business jargon. And I see people communicate and I see messages, and it's always like, man, you've got a really good product. You've got a really good thing. If you would just, Take a step back and just be yourself. Be authentic. Don't try to overproduce everything. Don't make you feel like you're reading off a tele- teleprompter. I think the likelihood of people gravitating to your brand goes up. Everyone says it's the card business. We're we like we're it's cards. It's it's it is cards are there, but we're we're on the trust building business, and I think the more that we can be focused in on effective communication, the more your message is going to resonate with the type of audience that you are trying to reach. How about we talk about the PWCC premier auction of it all? I seem to always reference back Josh Cardboard Chronicles because he does a nice recap after all of these auctions end. And I'm going to share kind of his thoughts, but some cards he called out that just got absolutely annihilated. 03 Finest LeBron, PSA 7 out of 25. It went from 288k in April to 126k. Yeah, yikes. How about the 2018 Luka Doncic, Prism Orange, went from 120k in January to 34k. Yikes. 86 Flair Jordan, PSA 10. Under 200k, Okie dokie. So I think Josh said the market is controlled by investors dumping. Too many people selling, nobody buying these cards for their PC last year. Let's stop there. I think that's so good and so smart and maybe a little bit of a general statement, but I think is actually true. think these cards got bought by a certain group of people that bought the cards to sell the cards, obviously you can tell by the time frame for which these cards are getting moved, and I think that you, there's no I'm not buying these cards because I'm in love with these cards because I want these cards. I'm buying these cards because I'm trying to make money off of those cards. like I think focusing in too heavily on that leads to some, and obviously mixed with the climate it's It's very evident why these cards are getting destroyed. I think. Um, he also said something about, and I think this is something good to call out, but he said something about over the last year, I've just been buying cards for my PC at prices that made sense. That is an evolution in the hobby is when you see something that you want that you don't go and say, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going, but you really evaluate the market and evaluate the price point. Because you don't want to be one of those individuals that are sitting on the other side of a loss like that. So I think the more we can focus in and hold ourselves accountable at the price for which we're buying some cards, the better off we'll be. So I like those thoughts and wanted to call them out. My primary takeaways were most of us aren't playing the premier game, but doesn't mean that we can't learn something. I think it's, it's the amount and the volume of people compared to the hobby as a whole, who are bidding on premier auctions is very small. So I don't think it's really good to say, okay, this is what happened at the premier auction. This this is what this means for the hobby. I think based on the segmentation and based on the different levels that we're all operating from, I I just wanted to call that out. I think it does trickle down and understanding the timing is almost everything. Like understanding the timing of when you're buying, when you're selling is super important. It's so easy to get excited about a card and smash bin, Um, but we have to put protections in place. It's got to be stuff, sentimental value, rarity, scarcity. Is it something you're going to keep in your PC forever? Is it something you believe in? Is it something you're trying to flip? I think you just got to consider all those factors. I think there's a lot of impatience and greed with investors, I think it's just terrible operating to spend 100k on a car and expect to list it again six months later and make money. It's just silly. Um, that's not savvy. It's 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 reckless. Um, and I think sp- my advice and what I'm trying to do is spend some time looking at the auctions and what went down and think about the prices you're seeing, um, and then think about those cards as long-term investments and start making your own hypotheses and assumptions on what's happening with the hobby. You can't, you can't figure it out by just listening to me. You can't figure it out by just listening to someone on Instagram. I think you really gotta make your own um make your own assumptions on what's happening with the market and, and how that impacts what you're what you're doing as a collector. Like quite frankly, like 264K for the 2012 Brady Prism Gold. Yeah, that's a lot of money, obviously. But I think if your goal is this is a card that I'm going to own for the next ten to twenty years, that two hundred and sixty four k might not that price actually might be okay. And I say that because the uh, my that card was the most interesting card for me in the premier auction to me because of me I think it's based on what I collect, it impacts a lot like shiny shiny stuff like that's a big shiny card in the football realm um but i think about this card and i think about prism prism is arguably the most important brand in sports cards think about brady the player goat right think about the gold parallel the most desirable right outside maybe the one-on-one but it definitely gets the most coverage think about the first year 2012 So I just think about all those things. I'm like, you know what? Like, that's a card that if I like, there are very few cards that if I want to hold something for a long-term investment that I would pick over that card. So to me, the 264K might seem high to some. Maybe some people thought it would be going higher, but to me, that's whoever got that card, congratulations. And actually, if you got that card and you're Stacking Slabs listener, reach out to me. I'd love to have you on the podcast and talk about it. All right, let's close it out here. Getting the cards that we need. So I think if you are going to the National, if you aren't going to the National like myself, keep your head on a swivel. One thing I want to call out, things are happening, baby. Things are moving. Stuff is popping up that you don't see every day and it is priced to move. I think there are a lot of people that are going out to the National that are trying to make some last second sales. Level up. Things are becoming available. I also think when everyone's in the national, on the show floor, the internet sucks. There's going to be less activity from people who buy cards regularly, buying cards online. So what does that do? Presents an opportunity for people not at the national. I also, I just think there's a t- going to be a ton of opportunity. So I think I want to talk about just in closing the last three buys that I've had, and they've all been assisted because people know what I collect and people know what my passion are. Passion is. I think the most important thing that we can be doing as collectors is being consistent with our delivery of our passion, sharing our cards, sharing our mail days, posting about this, our lanes that we collected in our stories, connecting with other individual collectors, starting group chats, the more you share what you love and why you love it, the better cards come your way. It's a community thing, right? People understand the cards you, you love and people want to look out for you. I also think there's opportunity to pay it forward. But when someone looks out for you, then make sure you're looking out for something else. But I want to close by talking about just these, these three cards specifically that I recently picked up. So the first one has already been posted on my Instagram page, but it was the 2006 Topps Finest Gold Refractor Peyton Manning out of 49 PSA 9. Now, this card was a card as a finest fanatic, a finest simp, an 06 connoisseur, a Peyton Manning collector, a gold guy that I just had to have. I've been looking for this card for over a year, okay? And I've made it very public, letting people know this is a card I want. I I need this card. Um, Super Bowl year on top of it. Come on. Um, but anyways, I was driving most of the journey back from Minnesota when I came back from vacation. But we were on the last leg of the tour and I was sitting driver's side and I looked down at my phone and my brother at McGrath cards sent me an eBay listing. And thank God that I wasn't driving because I probably would have crashed the car. I looked at the listing. It was this card with a buy it now, make an offer price. What did I do? I smashed Ben on it because the price was right, baby. And the price was so nice. Even if the price maybe was higher, I maybe would have still smashed Ben because it was a card I couldn't get. But I would not have gotten that card if I didn't express my interest to my brother about how much I wanted it over such a long period of time. The next card, 6 finest, back on 06 finest. I'm a finest fanatic, y'all. Reggie Wayne, white framed X-Fractor, BGS 95 101. Okay. I am on a, it's so hot in Indy and I always go on a walk during my work day to break it up. And I was like literally walking in the worst day at the worst time, like sweating. And I was like, God, I need to get home. And I pulled my phone out. It was just like, all right, let me see if I can just like, distract myself by looking at Instagram. And I had a message. And the message was from Andrew Luck Collector, which is an account I freaking love. Because I love Andrew Luck and his PC unbelievable. But he sent me this card um, because he knows I'm a Colts fan. And he said, hey, man, like I, I, I don't know if you collect Reggie Wayne, but check this out. First of all, uh, the timing on this was so good because I've been like in this mode where my brother's a big Reggie Wayne collector. I had not, ha- I don't have any big significant Reggie Wayne cards, but it's something that I know that I have been, I've been waiting for the right time, I guess you could say, or for the right card to pop up. And Reggie Wayne, I call him Mr. Colt. He, Jesus, if you're a Colts fan, Reggie Wayne, before kickoff, Going to the corner of the end zone, the Reggie Chance uh, just hit me in all the feels. So again, Super Bowl year, Reggie caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. This freaking card popped up. I looked at this card, and it was a unicorn. I know 06 fine as well. I collect a lot of cards in there. But I was unfamiliar with the white frame X-fractor, white frame refractor, one of ones. Had no idea they existed the blue jersey, the white borders, the one of one nature, all of those feels. I said, "Damn, that's a good-looking card. Smash that, Ben. Never going to get another chance at this card and it help fill the gap." So, that happened because of my fandom for Colts. And then finally, it was Peyton Manning freaking banger that I am excited to add to my PC, and I don't want to announce this card quite yet. People in my Manning my Manning pals definitely know this card exists and there will be a story around this card, but I never would have gotten this card if it wasn't for people knowing how much I love Peyton Manning and Shiny cards. So I'm going to talk about that card when I get it. There's a little teaser. Excited to share more information. You're going to the National. Be safe. Have a freaking great time. There'll be more Stacking Slabs on Friday with McGrath cards. You take care, take it easy, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out.